Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. The executive director of the labor union SEIU California has resigned after being charged with tax fraud and other felonies. The California Report's Angela Corral has the story. Alma Hernandez and her husband are facing five counts of filing false tax returns for allegedly underreporting their income by about $1.4 million over five years. If convicted, they could be facing state prison time. A spokesperson for the family tells the Sacramento Bee, which first reported the story, that the pair will clear their names. Hernandez also faces two charges of grand theft and one of perjury in connection with her work as a treasurer on a 2014 political committee. The complaint says she directed nearly $12,000 in campaign money to her husband for campaign services that he never provided. Hernandez has run SEIU California since 2016. It's the state's largest labor union, representing more than 700,000 workers and carries big political influence. For the California Report, I'm Angela Corral. And in other labor news, about 60,000 members of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, or IATSE, are threatening to strike next Monday if they can't reach an agreement with studios over such issues as working conditions and more reasonable hours. IATSE represents a wide swath of Hollywood's workforce, from cinematographers and editors to makeup artists and script coordinators. The California Report talked about labor concerns with A.J. Cataline, an editor on Apple TV's Ted Lasso. He says he and his fellow union members are ready to strike after many assess their work lives during the pandemic. What we're seeing amazingly, everyone is on the same page finally. And I think that's a lot to do with uh, the pandemic and people looking at work in a different way than Mm -hmm. we've looked at it in the past. What do you want to see changed? What needs to be improved across the board? Specifically, there's issues of safety in this industry and having a more equitable industry. So you have issues of people, you know, not getting enough rest, not getting enough turnaround. But also, I think, you know, our contracts are old because we're freelance. We don't get a lot of the benefits that you would on a more regular job. You know, a lot of people outside of this industry would look inside of it and say, how bad can it be? You aren't mining coal in Appalachia. You aren't in the farm fields of the Central Valley. 
Yeah, no, there, look, there are labor issues in that uh, we work in a business that is very deadline-oriented, and, uh, you know, it gets intense. We editors work late hours, and we work oftentimes, it's very common for editors to work 15-hour days uh, over and over and over again. Now, you know, we love it, but, uh, and we're very lucky to work on these projects Mm -hmm. that are very high-profile, but at the same time, it is... uh, at the end of the day, just a job. People are just exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah, we have situations where, you know, especially with our assistant editors, you know, uh, they bear the brunt of it because these cuts have to get out. They have to get delivered. And I've had assistant editors that have no choice but to keep working at 3, 4 in the morning, and then they have to get up the next day and still start a regular day. Again, that's editor A.J. Cataline discussing work culture concerns that have led film and television workers to consider striking this Monday. In other news, with the Biden administration's announcement yesterday that the Port of Los Angeles will begin operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the union representing Longshoremen says they're ready for the changes. Frank Ponce de Leon is Coast Committeeman for the International Longshore and Warehouse Union. Our contract calls for us uh, for availability availabilities uh, for our workers uh, 24 hours a day. The only catch on that is that our employers have to order, uh, place those orders through our dispatch halls, and we fill those orders and show up to work. So the 24-hour is not a, a new concept. It's uh, it's something that's uh, in our contracts for since I've been registered, and that's back since 1982. And Ponce de Leon tells the California report there shouldn't be a staffing issue once the hours at the port expand. The Biden administration says this is just one of the measures they're taking to help alleviate the massive supply chain problems in the U.S. right now. Ponce de Leon says this won't immediately fix those issues, as much of the problems right now still stem from the pandemic. But he says all parties need to work together to try to come up with tangible solutions. In an email to the California report, the Port of Los Angeles says, right now there's no definitive timetable as to when they'll begin to implement these changes hi i'm sasha coca host of the california report magazine every week we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant diverse golden state because what happens in california changes the world i love this place we were once seen as like the place to be california the land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. California is joining a lawsuit filed recently by San Francisco against three companies that sell so-called ghost guns. They're the do-it-yourself firearm assembly kits sold without background checks or traceable serial numbers. Attorney General Rob Bonta says the state is taking on Blackhawk Manufacturing Group, MDX Corporation, and GS Performance LLC for allegedly evading California's gun laws, allowing anyone to purchase a weapon. From terrorists to human traffickers to bypass California's nation-leading gun laws, including registration 
and background checks and within minutes have an instrument of death in their hands. California's Attorney General describes the sale of ghost guns as an epidemic in the state. The suit seeks an injunction barring the sale of ghost guns in the state and financial penalties. The companies have yet to respond to a request for comment. Meanwhile, officials in San Diego County are introducing their own initiatives to ban ghost guns and stem gun violence locally. Board of Supervisors Chair Nathan Fletcher says the county needs to have common sense gun safety measures in place. Guns without a serial number are a clear and present danger. It's impacting our community by providing the proper protections in place, regulating the use and production of these guns. Uh, we have the opportunity to save lives. The proposal would ban the possession and distribution of unserialized parts used to create ghost guns. If approved, the measure would also prohibit the 3D printing of unserialized firearms and establish safe storage requirements for county gun owners in San Diego. The Board of Supervisors is expected to vote on the proposals at its meeting next week. An L.A. City Councilman and a former dean at the University of Southern California have been indicted on federal bribery and conspiracy charges. Mark Ridley Thomas, long a force in both L.A. City and county governments, is accused of taking bribes from ex-USC Dean Marilyn Louise Flynn. That in exchange for directing lucrative county contracts to the university when Ridley Thomas sat on L.A. County's Board of Supervisors. The councilman and former dean are also accused of getting Ridley Thomas's son into USC as a scholarship grad student and then creating a professorship position for him in exchange for county money going to the school. The son, Sebastian Ridley Thomas, is a former state legislator who faced sexual harassment accusations while in office. He resigned from the state assembly in 2017, but says it was for health reasons and not the probe into those allegations. In a statement, USC says it's cooperating with the federal investigation. Lecturers at University of California campuses are continuing demonstrations today to protest what they say are poor working conditions. The action, which began yesterday, comes after an investigation by the news site CalMatters. It found that UC loses about a quarter of its lecturers every year because of low pay and job insecurity. Karen Lynn Luce is a lecturer at UCLA and chairs the communications committee for the lecturers union. Right now, we are turned out of the system uh, pretty quickly. And what that means is that we have to work sometimes three, four other jobs. We have to reapply for our own jobs every year. And we can't sort of set down roots in the communities where we live and teach. The UC system maintains there are many reasons classroom lecturers don't return every year, including other professional obligations and academic or budget changes within academic departments. The union has been in contract talks with the UC system since the spring of 2019. The union declared an impasse this summer and members voted to support a strike if necessary. One of the bills Governor Gavin Newsom recently signed mandates mental health education classes for many middle and high school students in California. KQED's April Naboski talked to the Bay Area teacher who pushed for the bill. Chris Miller, who's a religious studies teacher at De La Salle High School in Concord. The story started in January of 2019. I was in New York City. So I had the opportunity to go see the show Dear Evan Hansen. Have you ever felt like nobody was there? It's about a young man who has anxiety and there's a colleague of his that ends up dying by suicide. Have you ever felt like you could disappear? 
there was a really strong call to action, especially from that song, You Will Be Found. And I said, you know what, I want to do something about this. The next morning, Miller called his state legislator. And asked, is there something we can do around mental health instruction in California schools? You will be found. They wrote a bill that requires schools to teach students how to identify conditions like depression, bipolar disorder, and schizophrenia, what kind of treatments can help, and how to find them. You will be Miller wanted the instruction to be required for all public schools, grades 1 through 12. But there was some concern that there weren't enough teachers trained to do it. They felt that it should only be mandated for schools that have a health course. That's still two-thirds of middle and high schools in the state. Miller says he hopes the lessons will reach kids who are suicidal or angry or even contemplating acts of school violence. If we are able to better help our young people understand their emotions and understand their mental health, I think this is an area that can help with that. Schools have until next year to implement the new lessons. For the California Report, I'm April Domboski. Now let's turn to baseball. Bueller is behind 3-0. Let's see if Posey has a green light here. Lestella, the runner at third. Posey does have the green light. Hits that one hard into right field. That is way back and good. Now they are loaded up for Cody Bellinger. And Bellinger hits one deep into left center field. And this ball is off the base of the wall. Turner is in. Smith is in. It's a two-RBI double for Cody Bellinger. And that is a liner caught by Crawford. Brandon Crawford goes up the ladder. Takes a hit away from Mookie Betts. Inning is over. Traffic all game. That ball's driven into right field. Bryant turns and runs. Mookie Betts! Two-run blast! Those are just some of the highlights from TBS of what so far has been a memorable back-and-forth series between the bitter rivals, the San Francisco Giants, and Los Angeles Dodgers. And it all comes down to tonight's Game 5 at Oracle Park. Game 1 winner Logan Webb will get the start for the Giants. Webb says he's ready for what will be the biggest start so far of his career. I just like these these types of moments. I love I love the crowd. I love kind of the pressure and I, I I'm excited to throw especially because I got a guy back there that's that's always calm so even if I do get a little up like he's he'll be the first one to tell me to bring it back down the Dodgers will counter with game two winner Julio Rios Dodgers manager Dave Roberts says he's glad this storied rivalry is in the national spotlight when you've got generational uh, rivalries playing uh, a meaningful series and, and in this case a very meaningful game Um, It it just brings the old, the new, the rivalries and all that kind of talk back to life. Um, So I think that where baseball has kind of gone, you know, you're you're playing to the younger players, the fan base, but those generational rivalries are kind of the foundation of this sport and what made it America's pastime. First pitch is scheduled for just after 6 this evening. The winner will take on the Atlanta Braves in the National League Championship Series. And that is the California Report for Thursday, October 14th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez, and whomever you're cheering for, have a great morning. Support for the California Report comes from Real California Milk. Reminding listeners to take three simple steps to recycle gallon milk jugs. Pour it, cap it, bin it. Learn more at RecycleTheJug.com.
Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement, and Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.